0: He said, the problem is, you never look back to see if your team is following you. And when you enter a new territory, you don't know what dangers there are. Don't go there without your army following you.
1: Welcome to the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. The podcast that brings you practical advice, lessons, and stories from senior leaders and thought leaders from around the world. The Strategy and Leadership Podcast is brought to you by SME Strategy, working with organizations around the world to create and implement their strategic plans. To learn more, visit smestrategy.net. And now, your host, Anthony Taylor.
2: Hey there, folks. Welcome to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. Today, I am joined by Sandeep Chinakeshu, who formerly was at BlackBerry, Freescale, and Ericsson in some pretty cool positions. And he just finished writing his book. And I'll let him talk about it. But the name of the book is Your Company is Your Castle. Sandeep, I'm sure there's more to tell our listeners about you, but thanks for joining me. and And how are you today?
0: Thank you, Anthony. And it's a privilege to be on your show. Uh, it's a privilege to chat
2: with you. I looking at your bio, looking at your background. You've done so many cool things, and of course, nothing but congratulations for your for your new book. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you? Anything above and beyond or beside uh, what I've mentioned so far?
0: Super. Well, I'm sixty five. And I've had an amazing 30-plus-year journey working across three industries, wireless products, including cell phones. I worked in the semiconductor industry, and I worked in the software industry for mission-critical mission applications like automobiles, high-speed rail, uh, industrial automation, nuclear power plants, and things like that. And. Uh, You know, I started by essentially with a love for mathematics, which led me to my PhD. I then joined the industry, volunteered to get into product development, because I only was researching products I wanted to learn to build them. And then gradually got promoted to ultimately run a business. My first venture in business was not good. I made too many mistakes. And then I slowly learned. But after running a successful business, I was given opportunities to actually fix broken businesses. A few years of that, and then I went into consulting. I started my own consulting company so I could look at companies outside in instead of inside out. And I got a different flavor for doing that. And uh, a few years later, I went back into the industry to use what I had learned. And today I... I'm the chief operating officer of a startup. And I write extensively and mentor people. That's about me. That's awesome.
2: Well, I, I mean I encourage everybody to look you up. I won't, I I look forward to our conversation because you've got some very, very cool things that you worked in, you know, as a Canadian, you know, seeing BlackBerry, you know, being the president over there. That's really neat. But you know, your book is about resilience. You've worked across these industries and in new technologies. What was the most, and then you're an engineer by trade, what was the most engaging part of all of the work that you've done across your career? And what were some of the most challenging parts of the work that you've done across your entire career?
0: You know, every every job you have has a little bit of both, right? Because um, every time, you know, one of the, the toughest things that I encountered because I started as a researcher with mathematics and writing code and doing simulations and then going to building products and then managing money. Hmm. Right? Every time I actually moved out of my comfort zone, you know, where I was considered an expert, right? If you actually, in the new job, you know very little when you first get into it and you volunteer, I say you have to get used to being the runt in the litter. Nobody listens to you anymore. So the toughest thing is to change your mindset and adapt and learn to, again, get the expertise to lead the group of people you're entrusted to lead. You know, and unless you have knowledge, uh, it's very difficult to lead people and actually provide meaningful solutions to problems when you encounter them. So I probably that is the biggest challenge that one face. It's really adapting and changing their mindset, how to deal with a completely new set of parameters in when you moved out of your comfort zone. And the most interesting also is the same. Is, it's exactly the same. It's the flip side of this coin. Because when you basically face these challenges, you have to ask yourself, how are you going to surmount it? And uh, I felt that the only way to surmount it is to actually read and learn. So normally in every new job, I spent an enormous amount of time studying, talking to a number of experts in the field, learning from them, dissecting products, looking at every aspect of this new area to get that knowledge. And as you gain more knowledge, it's, it's actually uplifting. So you have two sides of this coin, and I think one is very challenging, but if you embrace it, you can make it very exciting. Mm.
2: Did you find, now I don't know if that's your your research background, your, you know, needing to be not right, but, you know, there's an engineering method to solving things. Did you find that it gave you just more comfort? So you were less out of your depth? Was it your ability to distill, you know, the insights from all of the, these people? Like, what was your, your mindset, because you talked about mindset, or your approach when, you know, consuming all of that knowledge to help you kind of gain your footing in these new transitions?
0: Yeah, I mean, you you first have to basically, you know, the first thing is you can't be afraid. Mm. When you're jumping into this new territory, I have three. I have three quotes that I tell, I actually talk about it in several articles, in uh, newsletters that I've written, and in podcasts that I've done. Uh, so it might be a little trite, but I'm going to anyway say it. <laughs> so the, the first is a quote from Bertrand Russell. And it essentially says, conquering fear is the first step to wisdom. Because unless you're able to conquer your fear when you enter a new territory, you'll never learn. Mm. You cannot learn if you're afraid to fail. Okay? The second one is, you can learn from every single person you meet, every experience, every customer, whoever you meet. Right? And the second quote is from Lord Thomas Dewar. And it says, minds are like parachutes. They only function when open. (laughs) Right, so I think absorbing from anyone who will teach you, and putting it into your framework, and figuring out, especially what you don't have to be the expert in everything. You must understand enough to be able to use experts and solve problems. Mm. That's what you do as a leader, right? And the third part is uh, is just the sheer effort you put in. And Benjamin Disraeli said. Success is a product of unremitting attention to purpose. And so, you know, in every single role that I have adopted or been asked to get into, I've used this as my guidelines in order to basically figure out how to do that job and to contribute.
2: It's interesting, like, how you shared that because I saw a quote for every level on your journey. You know, when you talk about you can't learn if you're afraid to fail in your kind of runt mode, but you say you're taking on something and you say, hey, you need to embrace the learning. You know, the, the, the quote around leadership and the parachute is that when you're in that leadership mode, you can't be successful if you're at a place where your brain will not accept anything else. So you continue need to be learning and absorbing and not resting on your laurels. And then in the level of management, is making sure that you're putting the right effort in and focusing on purpose. So at every stage of the growth chart, I see a quote, of course, that applies at every level, but recognizing that there are different stages in that growth and different stages in businesses. And, you know, wherever, as a listener, wherever you are, both in your stage of leadership and in the stage of business, I think there's something to be reflected on, something to be taken away from, um, whether it relates to learning, whether it relates to failure, whether it relates to opening your mind Sandeep, any, any thoughts on that and how that, you know, translates with your journey?
0: Yeah, it's a it's a really good question because initially, you know, I don't believe I was following these principles myself, hmm. right? And I remember a, a kind of a turning point uh, when, you know, because I think I was technically adept in my early days and I got promoted very quickly and I hadn't seen a lot of failure. And you get a little arrogant Mm. with your success, right? Because you're young, you're winning, and uh, hey, that's reinforcing. I remember, you know, I I used to, I have a habit of staying late in the office. And after six o'clock, I kind of welcome people to come and talk to me informally. And I learned so much through these chats because it's not an official chat. It's just an open chat. And many employees used to come in. I remember one senior financial expert coming to see me. And he said, you know, Sandeep, I want to give you a bit of advice. Are you okay with it? And I said, absolutely, please. And he said, uh, you know, you're a really smart guy. It's actually troublesome to work with you because you're two steps ahead of the game. <laughs> and I said, oh, thank you. But what's the pro- what, what am I doing that's wrong because you have some advice to give me? He said, the problem is, you never look back to see if your team is following you, mm-hmm. and when you enter a new territory, you don't know what dangers there are. Don't go there without your army following you. And that was wow! It hit me. cold. it hit me really hard, and said, "Oh boy, I didn't realize," you know. And ever since that, you know, I've tried to make it a point to see if I I can be more engaged. Uh, that's so I mean, first of all, that's super smart, super wise.
2: And thank that person. I'm sure you do every day. It's interesting because I find that it's kind of the curse of of leaders or the curse of CEOs is on one hand, their job is to be a couple steps ahead. Their job is to lead. But what often happens is, well, those people, especially the cerebral intellectual ones, is they've thought about the problem they've thought about the situation and they jump into the situation two or three steps behind. Meanwhile, you have, or steps ahead. Meanwhile, you have the team that's still trying to figure out the calculations as to how you got there. The CEO or the leader ends up frustrated because it's like, well, it's obvious, but that's only obvious because they've done all the calculations in your head, in their head. And then the rest of the team aren't mind readers. And that's where we find the gap when we do, you know, strategy meetings and communication training is all like, Hey, how do you bridge the gap between the two groups? so that you can move forward successfully?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, the Joel Arthur Barker has my favorite definition of a leader. And he says that a manager manages within a paradigm. Mm. A leader manages between paradigms. And that between paradigm is a chasm. It's a big shift. It's a paradigm shift. And... If the the shift is sufficiently large, the leader has to have people to help him or her bridge that chasm. Mm. And you can't do it if they're not aware of what problem you're solving and if they're not following you. So it's a very important part of leadership, how to basically get people to also buy into what you're thinking. And that's what this colleague of mine told me and it was extremely
2: useful. Hey, Anthony here. One of the things I don't talk too much about on the podcast is what we do at SME Strategy. So I wanted to let you know that if you and your team are thinking about getting together you know, this winter or even in the new year for strategic planning, they we'd be happy to have a conversation to see how we might be able to help your team walk through the strategic planning process and make sure that your people, your strategy, your culture are on the same page. One of the most exciting parts about the work that we do is being able to lead people through a proven process to help them get to where they want to go. If you're interested about that process, our video about it on YouTube just hit over a million views. So be sure to check that out. Let us know what you think. Uh, But most importantly, I wanted to let you know that if you are looking for somebody to partner with your team to support everybody in getting aligned, moving forward towards a clear set of goals and objectives, and really making sure that you have the foundations for that next stage of growth, that we can partner with you to do that whether that's through an offsite strategic planning session or you know follow-up support services to keep you accountable, to help your team grow and develop, or really to lead a full transformation. So if you're interested, check out smestrategy.net. You can check out our about page, our services page. It'll tell you more about how we do things and I'd be happy to have a conversation with you to see if we're a good fit to help. Thanks so much. I appreciate you listening to the podcast and now let's get back into the episode. Yeah, absolutely. So let, let's transition that into, you know, the book, your company is your castle, you talk about building a resilient business. You know, you, you told me in the pre show that, you know, you've been writing this book for three years. And in three years, you know, everybody's focus has been resilience. And there's another book that I haven't read, that's called Crossing the Chasm, which speaks about that paradigm thing. And effectively, one way or the other, every single business successful or, you know, working through it is in some sort of chasm or they have a chasm across, whether that's, you know, dealing with their people challenges, whether it's dealing with profitability, whether it's, you know, the next level of hyper growth, it's always a chasm. So tell us, tell our listeners, you know, what is it that you want them to know, whether it's in your book or not about being able to make that transition uh, across and how they can be resilient in these challenging times and as they move forward with leaders. That's like seven different questions all in one, but I'm sure you'll be able to answer it.
0: Yeah, I think uh, there are two parts to this, right? One is a systematic approach. I'm a big believer in a very systematic approach Hmm. to building a business for success. That doesn't mean being bureaucratic and overly process-oriented. Okay, I believe in a pragmatic approach where you have a balanced structure in your business. Okay, and the second part is leadership. I will come to that. But initially, but you must have, you know, in order to grow your business sustainably and successfully, you need to build all the elements in it. And this includes looking at your financials and ensuring you have the right business model, right? Looking at your operating leverage, And as well as basically making sure you have the capability to deliver to it. Mm. Your cash flow is your foundation. Without cash, you can't do anything. Okay. What's your strategy? How do you make sure your strategy encompasses your entire company? Right? How do you basically define your culture? Because strategy allows you, strategy tells you what you want done. Culture is what you actually get done. Mm. So when strategy and culture clash, culture always wins. So if your culture is not aligned with your strategy, you are not going to win.
2: Uh, can, um, I, can I ask you a question just about that? Because I want to ask you about the culture and strategy piece of it, because tying into that, that failure piece, because, in your previous jobs, you know, you're dealing with industries on the cutting edge of technologies, I assert. And then, you know, how does one or how did you foster a culture in that industry that was also able to drive forward the strategy? Was there something, you know, special about it? Was it about finding the right people? Was it about the right communication? Like, what did you need to do to be successful in that so that people weren't afraid to fail because you needed to be able to fail?
0: You have to compartmentalize you have to compartmentalize these two things you cannot constantly innovate and also basically expect to deliver in certain industries with very high quality on time mm. at the right specification at the right cost right you can't do that it's it's not feasible because On a big, let's say you're building something for a car, it has a production date, you can't be late. You can't just be hackers out of doing it. You have to follow a certain process in order to hit that date. So what you try to do is you try to have two paths. On one path, you do innovation, but you don't try to make that absolutely crucial for your delivery. What you do is you're on your path for delivery, you essentially have nailed down what is needed and you go through the process to deliver on time to the right specification the right quality at the right cost and the right compliance to whatever is needed for that industry for example in automotive it must it's safety right and, and the innovation you must encourage and you can do this by having metrics for all your employees so typically when i had metrics for my employees I had certain financial metrics, I had certain delivery accuracy metrics for what they had to deliver. And I also have an innovation metric as could they come up with some clever ideas, you know, 20, 30% of their time that would generate even more revenue for the company so I could invest in that in the future. Mm -hmm. So it depends how you compartmentalize and that's the leadership part, right? In I think I, I don't know whether we want to continue the same thought or do you want to switch? No, I'm
2: I'm cool. I think it's just interesting the the balance. What I heard of that was, you know, if you have two roads, there's the operational road where you have your promises and you need to do that. There's the innovation road, which can you know get you to a whole new place, but. If they are overlapping, you're going to have a hard time. They need to intersect from time to time, and in a safe manner, to be able to manage, you know, expectations and delivery. But if you try to do them both concurrently, you risk meeting or missing, you know, those those core targets that you need. So it's just interesting, a different way to to think about it. But no, please carry
0: on. Yeah, and so you know, after I talked, and when I uh, when we when I branched off into a separate discussion, I talked about strategy and culture. So then you've got to learn how to define products. And how do you define winning products? And there is a scientific way to do it. Okay. Sometimes, of course, you have brilliance and somebody comes up with something that's a real winner. But most of the time, you can follow a systematic manner. Mm. And then how do you deliver products on time to the right quality at the right cost? Okay. And then you have to have sales channels. How do you build sales channels to sell these things? Every new product might require a new way of selling depending on your business model. And then like the last part is actually getting what I call stakeholder content. Sorry, it's execution. There's two things. I forgot one. Sorry. Execution is a core for everything, right? How do you basically, every day, it's like, it's like a Formula One race. You've got to not only have a good car and a good driver, you have to have a good pit crew. You have to have a crew boss. You've got someone who plans the race and you've got to win lap by lap right and you have to do that day in and day out if you want to win the race mm. similarly execution is about taking care of the little things the details every day to execute to your plan and then you have to you have to basically get the confidence of your investors to continue investing in you whether it's equity or bond holders and if they don't invest in you you can't do good things because mm. you don't have money And if your customers, and if you don't do good things, your customers won't buy from you, and therefore you won't have money to continue to to do good things. And then you can't pay your employees. And if you don't have employees, you can never do anything good. So it's your investors, your customers, and employees who become the triangle of trust that you have to basically build. And having built all this together, you also have to build yourself as a leader, you know, and have some key characteristics. Not only vision, but you need to have you need to have conviction, because usually there will be scores of skeptics who will tell you you're wrong, and you have to have the conviction. Come hell or high water, you're going to get there. Otherwise, people won't follow you. Mm. Right? You have to be able to communicate with clarity. To do the necessary things and not let things meander in every direction. Right? And you must have curiosity to evolve. Because sometimes when you're on a path, you find, oh my God, I have a problem. I remember once I'd spent a lot of money, over a hundred million dollars on a project, and I was on the wrong path. And it was one of the hardest decisions. I had to kill it, even though I would get pinged for it. But I found that my, my sister team in Europe was far ahead and we just adopted their solution. It's the right decision for the company, It was not the right decision for my team. But it is
2: the right decision for the company. Please. I couldn't imagine what, what that would have been like, you know, having to make that decision. But I think there, there's there's so many good things, and unfortunately, we don't have that much more time to chat, but so many good things that like recognizing like the intricacy of the system of how what makes a, a successful business and a resilient business over time, in addition to the characteristics of a leader that make them successful over time. And just recognizing all of those ingredients are critical and also recognizing the importance of being like the awareness of both of those business leader and self so that you can make the best decision moving forward. Uh, I think we could talk for a long time, but just to kind of wrap us up, I know that you talked about just, you know, last thing you talked about was one of those biggest challenges that you had to face to make a big decision. As you think of your now role in this new organization, what excites you the most about it? What are you looking forward to most on this path?
0: Well, I work for a, a company, a startup that has the ambition to actually build an automotive radar that's the size of your thumbnail, that is significantly more powerful than uh, and performant than any other thing on the market. So nobody's done this before, right? And so as a startup, we're competing with some very big established and superb companies. So how can we play in their league by having not only a good, brilliant chip and software, but how can we get it to being automotive qualified Mm. with all the compliance requirements and be able to produce it in massive volume on automated production lines, right? So it's multidimensional, and no other startup has actually achieved that in this space, in other spaces they have. And so every day, there is a new challenge, and uh, you have to learn and adapt. And so I think a lot of things that I talked about, you know, I'm revisiting over and over every day. And that's what I'm doing essentially. So that's really challenging. But if we are successful, we would have brought something and contributed something to the market that hasn't been done before.
2: Well, I tell you, that sounds like enough to uh, get you out of bed every day, even at 65. (laughs) So that's super cool. I really appreciate you, you coming to chat with me today. I just like really reflecting on one's my own business, the business of the people that we work with and, and setting up those structures and recognize there there are the foundational pieces, but then also, you know, being wise enough to recognize them for what they are, because if you're in it all the time, you can't see what's going on around you. And then, you know, focusing on that, that chasm crossing, I'm excited to see what how your organization crosses that next chasm as a, as a team. Where can people get your book? Where can they connect with you? Where can they learn more uh, about the work that you're doing?
0: Thank you, yeah. So my book is available on Amazon. It's available as a hardcover and as a Kindle version. I mean, you can get a free app and you can read it on almost on multiple devices. And uh, you can learn more about me and contacting me on my website which is www, my full name, sandeepchenakeshu.com. No no space between the first and last name. And uh, there's also on my LinkedIn, if you go to contact, you can see my email address and people can contact me through that also. And I really enjoy helping people. So I hope my book is useful and uh, people can build great castles their own castles after reading my book.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'll make sure I put your, your LinkedIn bio or website bio in the link just in case people aren't used to spelling uh, Chenekeshu just off the top of their heads, but I'll put that in there for you. So uh, thank you. I actually I want to take an opportunity because I told my friend Mike Knapp, what's up, buddy, from Incrementa Unconsulting, one of our listeners, and I told him I'd say hi. So I'm taking the opportunity to do that. But before we finish up today, Sandy. Thank you so much for being here today. It's been an honor and a pleasure and a privilege. I wish you nothing but the best, both for your book and your technology. And uh, just thanks for, for taking the time to chat with me today. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Folks, my guest today, Sandeep Chenakeshu, just like it sounds, who is the author of Your Company is Your Castle, Proven Methods for Building a Resilient Business. Connect with him online, learn more about the work that he's doing. You know, I took away just some good reflections as a leader, how to A, lead people, B, lead myself, and C, recognize that the path of operations and innovation cross. But if you have them overlapping, you might get into trouble with your delivery. So hopefully you got some good insights too to take with your team I appreciate you watching. Please feel free to share this episode with your friends, your colleagues, your mom, your dad, whoever else. Subscribe on YouTube, do all the things. My name's Anthony Taylor. This has been the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time.
1: Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We post twice a week, so you can count on us for your weekly source of content to help you grow and expand as a leader. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider giving us a review. We read every single one, and it helps us make a better show for you, the listener. Also, it helps more people find the show, which means we can help as many people as possible. We appreciate you listening and following along, and we hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. And as Anthony says, until next time.